Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy blog. And uh, I'm super happy to be doing this this show. I love minute, the Minute podcasts. And I am, uh, as a spoiler warning a complete defender of Man of Steel. So I, I look forward to dissecting a, a film that I feel does not get its its due, to be quite candid. That's good. Yeah. We're glad to have you then. Welcome aboard. Joining it's great the to be here. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess you're a, a huge fan of this film. Um, here, here, here's the thing, just, just to get out of the way. Um, there were things in this movie... That as a as a, a Superman fan, I always wanted to see on film, and I got to see them in the movie. And and a lot of them have already been covered in, in many of the other minutes. <laughs> there certainly may not necessarily be many of those moments in these last minutes. That said, all the Kryptonian stuff worked for me. Uh, I liked I liked Amy Adams as Lois. Um, I liked Michael Shannon as Zod. There were things in this movie that I really enjoyed just by virtue of the fact that what I had thought about in my mind's eye was finally being put on film. Is it a completely successful movie? No. <laughs> does it stack up does it stack up to Superman's one and two with Christopher Reeve? Probably not. Uh, did it then spawn an, a, a tr- truly terrible movie uh, in Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice? It certainly did. But as a stand as a standalone Superman film, I I, I definitely enjoyed it more than Superman Returns, um, and and I and I and that's probably because I give it credit for it trying to be its own thing versus trying to, you know, put the the paddles on the the the, the body of a franchise that had already run its course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's part of it. I, I'm I'm always gonna I'm always gonna give brownie points for originality. Um, or, or at an attempt at originality, an attempt at a, at a new vi- a new vision, which is why, like, you know, I'm also a Phantom Menace apologist for that very reason, at the, because I feel like at least they tried something different. And then in Attack of the Clones, uh, George Lucas said, "Oh well, everybody didn't like the thing I tried, so I'll just go back and nostalgia <laughs> them all, I suppose, and now put monsters in the movie." So that's kind of how I feel. That's an amazing impression. I'm just going to say that right now. That well, it's just... Like, it's, that it's, was spot on. It's just, it's just Kermit the Frog repurposed. Like, I only do about... <laughs> I only do about seven impressions, and they're all basically the same. I just deploy them at different times. It's all just Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog is the root of all the different voices. <laughs> That's right. If you, if you put... A, yeah, if you have one of those uh, Homeland photo uh, uh, things on, on the wall... All the lines go back to a photo of Kermit the Frog from every that's other impression. True. That's what they teach you. That's what I hear. They teach you just, hey, all right, you want a bass, Kermit the Frog, and then branch off from there. That's exactly I, right. I hope that actually exists in your, like, where you live. So if someone ever walks in, <laughs> they go, what is that? And everything gets traced back to Kermit. It's a picture of George Lucas with, like, string yeah. and then Kermit the Frog on, like, a Polaroid yeah. Kermit the Frog yeah. picture. Yep. Exactly yeah, they're like, how, how, how did you possibly get the Pope's voice? I'm like, well, you see. <laughs> it all oh, leads back funny. to uh, a plucky frog puppet. 
who knows the banjo. <laughs> yeah, right. amongst other things. Sure uh, cool. Well, that answers all my questions. <laughs> I think we can stop here for today. Yeah. But no, uh, this is a this is a really important set of minutes. So I what think. minute are we on, Mark? You didn't well, finish. I'm saying the whole week is important. Oh Nate. yeah, totally. But today we're talking about minute number 126 of Man of Steel. Uh, this minute's going to start off with General Zod hovering above Superman, and then the minute ends with Superman tumbling out of a building. Um, this is the start of the third and final round between General Zod and Superman. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's the sound that they make. It's a, yeah. It's the wrestling bell. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I got the reference. All right, good. Uh, yeah, we. this is the first time we kind of get a, a clear look at the House of Zod crest on, on, oh, his, yeah, on yeah, his suit yeah. and everything. And, um, because I think, you know, with all the Kryptonian battle armor and stuff, you can't really make out any of the mm, details. Yeah, There's a lot of embellishments and whatnot on there. But I yeah. like the skin tight suit. I, I, you do? I was I was a, kind of not a big fan of it um, to begin with when I first saw the movie. And then, you know, still going back, it's that on the back of my mind where it's like, eh, it's just, it's whatever. I do like that Cal has a skin tight suit with a cape. See, that's the difference cape society right. i feel like the cape actually adds to it so it, it makes it it's cooler but michael shannon obviously he's we can't talk more you know highly of him and he looks great in a skin tight suit um and you know what i don't mind that <laughs> he doesn't have a cape mark you're looking at me no i'm not <laughs> um does do you think he would look better with a cape well he had the cape in the dream sequence you remember yeah he did yeah so i don't no, I've seen now I feel like Zod's cape in the dream sequence seemed a little out of place. Maybe because I wasn't Maybe. expecting a cape. I don't know. But he wasn't it greatest. wasn't it it was it was it was Cal's dream though, wasn't it? So like naturally he would think any other super being would have a cape. It's yeah. from his, his POV. Yeah. I think we said somewhere down the line that like because he had the codex in his cells, he like had dreams as a kid growing up where like he inv- he had visions of the Cape Society. That's why he put the red cape on him, the red towel on him later on in the movie because it's like how else would he, you know, kids mm-hmm. now in real life do that because <laughs> right. they're mimicking Superman. What does Superman have to mimic? <laughs> Nothing. So maybe he saw some crazy dreams as a kid growing up of a Cape Society. He just put the like I guess we'll have to save it for when we get to the actual yeah, minute. I, just, but like, I think I just you know, ran my course of what but I was do you, talk about. Uh, what do you think, Greg, about uh, General Zod's new black Under Armour suit? I like it because whenever they would depict, um, I don't want to say whenever, but most times when they would depict like Kryptonians that would have you know a match to, to Superman's powers... I think it was sort of capeless. It was sort of just they, they fly through the air and they they just wear their little their little Krypton suits and they don't yeah. actually have a cape. So I think it's sort of in keeping with what the villain the villains would would look like uh, typically. No capes. No capes for them. What about Darth Vader? Or are you just talking about Kryptonians? I'm talking Kryptonians. I mean Vader okay. is I mean requires a cape. It's grandiose. Yeah, right. Um, so Cal is the only one that deserves a cape out of the Kryptonians? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. It's a, it's a it's a real white hat black hat kind of thing, you know. It's like the good guys wear capes and the bad guys are sans cape. Okay, I can see that kind of side of it. Where it's, yeah, all right, I get that. Yeah, I see that from a comic book standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is like is his suit like General Zod? Is his suit supposed to at this point be sexy? Uh, yes. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and B, is his suit supposed to resemble uh, General Zod from Superman 2? Or is it just kind of... He had hammer pants in Superman 2. Yeah, but it's yeah, all it was black. more billow, billowy. It was a more billowy outfit. Yeah, with the Superman. V cut. It was really... That was awful i gotta say i it I, was if just I like be, it was i don't know because what, what did you say mark we were talking about it. it was like i said that's like oh that's how they were dressed in space and you were like no star wars came out before you know before that so that kind of set the thing and valerian as well you don't really see that kind of suit in, in that kind of style either uh, yeah I, think, I just go ahead I, I was gonna say i think they came up with the design for uh uh ursa right for Superman 2, the, the yeah. villainous. Mm-hmm. And they said, wow, that's really sexy and great. And then they're like, what are we going to do for the other two? And they're like, well, they all have to match. And they're like, oh, Christ. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, think, I think they came up with a perfect design for her and then just stuck Zod and, and uh, was it Nod in, in the suits uh, as well. Non? 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 Non's yeah. a bread. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's no question that they, they 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 nailed the look for her. Yeah, yeah, they true. did. In the yeah. haircut and everything, like they they must have just like put all their time and energy into her, and then they're like, oh, we have two other people we got to design, especially the last guy, not General Soft, the other guy. They were like, just get that guy who's building studio sets over there, just get him in something and, and throw him behind a camera. Yeah, right, precisely. Um, that's exactly what they did. Um, so, yeah, after, you know, General Zod kind of has, like, his big, like, oh, this is my full potential. Fantastic color palette, though, at this point. Like, like the, the whole, whole minute? Yeah, the whole, no, this whole week. I don't know what it, I mean, even from last week, too, when it's still, like, dark. Um, that was kind of more, I kind of took, it was, it was a little shady because, like, clouds were Seems over. Seems very, like, cloud. concept now, art. Yeah, it's it just looks, I don't know. One of the things about this movie was like the tone of it and how, how dark it visually it looked. And I think this is, and this whole week of of a fight is where we really see that shading it's blues and grays. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a very dim yellow. Zach Zach can shoot a scene, man. He can make it look pretty. There's no question about that. That is, if nothing else, that man can make a, make a scene look pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's see. So, you know, Superman kind of, I guess he, like, tries to take advantage of the, the situation, and he just kind of, like, charges in at General Zod. Surprise attack. Yeah, and, like, tackles him through a bunch of girders. Um, and then it kind of, it starts this whole kind of, like, chase through Metropolis. It seems like kind of like a, somewhat of, there's a fight going on, but there's also, like, kind of like a sweeping tour of, like, here's what Metropolis looks like. Here's, like, <laughs> all these buildings. It's, like, it's, like, it's not even like a concrete jungle as people would say but it's like it's just like a sea of endless skyscrapers metropolis it's like yeah i mean i'm not dogging on it it's crazy it's it's really cool to see some of that and i didn't know um if they were like penciling in like oh here we'll throw the sears tower in there or stuff like that is that did you guys did you see the sears tower i i saw something that looked like it. i don't know if they like intentionally were like oh let's put all the famous buildings in there or something i don't know oh (laughs) I, I, it, I, it, it, so this came out the year after Avengers, right? And uh, I assume that they already had this, this whole like, sequence locked down 
you know, at least in concept for, for mm-hmm. Man of Steel. But it did kind of remind me of the end of Avengers when, you know, they're all flying through the, the New York and going after the monsters and stuff. That The same sort of tour, tour of giant skyscrapers, and in some cases going through giant skyscrapers was yeah. sort of reminiscent of that, I felt. Yeah, I can see that. Avengers is a little bit more on the ground. I would say I kind of I, I got more of a um, how do you explain it more of a smaller vision of New York I guess because it was a lot of like ground battles and ground <laughs> fights versus the, well, yeah I, I think what you're trying here. to say is that it all, it all seemed to take place in a, a three block radius yeah <laughs> in the, yes, in Avengers. I, yes I didn't want to I didn't want to make it sound like I was harshing on what you were describing no in Avengers, it's so. tr- <laughs> it, 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 they they had it, they had the sweeping through the buildings thing but for the most part the fight seemed to be taking place. Like between two subway stations, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. quiet you. Um, Sorry, I have a dog. No, it's all good. We have two cats, so I guess it's, I don't know how <laughs> they. Can they can compare. <laughs> yeah, just being yeah. transparent, I guess. Um, I got a fish. You you don't have a fish. Don't lie. Um, yeah, they make. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something about Avengers, but I totally forgot. Oh, gosh, oh, you're silly. Um, one of the things that, you know, speaking of of Avengers, I kind of, watching this minute, kind of reminded or made me think about, like, Iron Man. Because, like, you do get kind of like a character who can just kind of fly anywhere and attack someone like, in midair. But you never see that with Iron Man, with any of his villains so far in films. So I kind of feel do you like, mean? like... Like fighting, like, Dragon Ball Z style in the air? Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I wrote down here, like, you... Like, this is the first time uh, you kind of see combat in this in kind of air. way. By two beings. Yeah, yeah like, I kind of well, wrote that down. It's actually... The, it's probably the second time, to be honest with you, because it's funny. I was, whenever... When I saw this movie, it reminded me of... Um, of the third Matrix movie. Because everybody... Remember when oh, everybody yeah. went crazy? Oh, when Smith and, and Neo had that fight in the air? And at the time, everybody was like, imagine if this is what a Superman movie was like. Like, like imagine if this was like, you know, Zod and Superman had this kind of fight. And, uh, you know, they're punching each other. And, and there's, like, waves of rain and, and just balls of energy and, and, and stuff happening. And, uh, and it, that was sort of, I thought, the version 1.0 of this fight, which is uh, to me a better fight, but that was what it kind of, I thought harkened back to. Which one's the better fight? This is the better fight. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, there's <laughs> a agree. much, cause, cause there's a much higher body count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even true. remember like the third one. Really? I remember him being stuck in a subway for a very long time. Is that the third one, or is that the second? Yeah, that one? no, that I, I don't remember if that's the third or the second one. The third one was the the second one was the car chase, and then the third oh, one yeah. was all the uh, Robotech uh, uh, the suits yeah. fighting the the squiddies that were flying into the city. Yeah, mm-hmm. they all had like the exo. Yeah, exos. and then they had the big guns and yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's cool. This is a Matrix. Um, <laughs> that's the Matrix. They Matrix. did make the flying. Like I mean, I wrote this down. I do remember thinking that when I first saw this movie, the flying just looks fantastic yep. yeah it just looks amazing and, it, and it's like they even do like somewhat close-up shots of the, these two guys these two actors faces and it's the motion is so fluid i i'm i'm believing that these are actual beings that can fly through a city with no regard to what's happening around them and they're just you know <laughs> it, it, it's believable <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean one of the things i remember seeing this movie was that you know especially cal getting thrown in the building and stuff like people are dying that's like, you're just uh, sitting there with your family, having dinner or whatever, and then 
Man of Steel body through the dining room table. Yeah, but like you guys are gone. They don't. Whenever they show someone crash into a building, it's usually just like like office that is like closed. Like everyone's gone already. They made it a point to say that in Donna Justice. Yeah, in Donna <laughs> Justice kind of like retcon it. Like, oh no, yeah, there are definitely people in those buildings. Yeah, they um, kind of show some people in there. But yeah, for the most part, it's usually just like open offices, just going right through true, it. True, you know? but still, I mean. But yeah, um, we do get like a really nice. I don't know. It's like it, it's to me. It's like the first time. Like, all right, this is what a Superman fight kind of looks like. I, I think. Oh yeah. Like the Battle totally. of Smallville was kind of like um, a more wheels. grounded one. Yeah, because yeah, they're on the ground. It's mostly like with super speed instead of super flying, and and then um, we saw him fighting a giant robot with with tentacle arms, and like I guess that's kind of Superman too. But like now oh, we're seeing man. like General Zod flying and superman flying and they're punching each other through the air and and like i think it's this minute that the we flying get punch yeah we get like yeah. these like really cool kind of um i don't know it's a way that superman i don't know if we've seen kind of shots like this where it's like over the shoulder and he's, and he's like punching air, and man. like it's so, amazing yeah it's one of the cool shots i guess it's really hard to explain for people who are listening. When it's no, like, it's, you know. it's it's it was it was one of the sell points of the of the either the trailer or the commercials for the movie. Yeah, was this idea of like where he punches him and then he flies really fast and punches him again, and you're just and, and that was one of those shots where you're like, oh, I have never seen this before in exactly. a Superman movie. Now you brought up the tentacle monster or the tentacle robot. Just to, just a, a brief aside, as I said at the top of the of the episode. There are things in this movie that I always wanted to see that I never got to see before this movie. I had waited five Superman movies to see him punch a giant robot. And oh, yeah. That's, all, that's literally all I want. It's like I'm a very easy lay as a Superman fan. Just give me, give me cool flying stuff, give me some Kryptonian weirdness, and give me him fighting a much bigger thing than him and punching it. And, yeah. uh, and that's all I needed. It, t- it, it, it ticked those boxes for me. Cool. Yeah. Greg, did you want to see that Nicolas Cage film? I'm just going to ask that question real quick. Oh, the... Uh, the, uh, the, the Lives? The, yeah, Superman Lives, Lives the, the Tim Burton thing. Um, no. <laughs> 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 uh, I think it would have veered so... I, I mean, and just having seen the documentary now, like it, the, only, the only redeeming qualities of it would have been the Brainiac stuff um, and... Yeah, you know, maybe just. I mean, listen. I, it was at a time when Tim Burton could still make a pretty good movie, right? So that would have been <laughs> kind of interesting. But at the same time, though, it would have veered so. It would have leaned in so hard to the curve of he's a weirdo outsider, he's the alien kind of thing, and it's just like I feel like as as many people complain about how Man of Steel and, and Batman vs Superman don't get the character. To me, that would have really been not getting the character, and it would have just been... I think it would have been a, a step too far for me in a Superman movie. Okay, cool. So this kind of is, like, the more balanced of the two between that film and Superman the movie, or... Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think... Look, look, bottom line is that we all want to see... Uh, we all want to see that movie just to see what it would have ended up being, right? <laughs> but but yeah. I don't think that it would have necessarily been a, a, a good flick. I think they had Kevin Spacey for that one, but then he ended up being in Superman Returns. At least we got to see that, right? I think I saw know. a documentary a long time ago, but I think they wanted Kevin Spacey for Lex Luthor at the time. Um, 
But I think, yeah, I think what most people would enjoy or do enjoy is that this shot that we're talking about with Superman kind of with the over-the-shoulder kind of like sucker-punching General Zod through Metropolis and like in the sky. Yeah. I think that is, like you said, it's like it was like the selling point. Like we see it, it's actually kind of uh, repeated. It's a repeat in the next film because he does it to uh, Doomsday in the second film to get him into like the mesosphere to like so you can get hit by the nuke. Mm. And then we see it in video games nowadays with, oh, like, yeah, Injustice. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite move in Injustice. Yeah. Man. You meter burn that? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. And you see it in the super move and all that. So, yeah, it's like it's like what this shot is has become almost a little bit iconic for Superman. Like, yeah, I, most def. I mean, a flying punch is always one of the main things that I want to see Superman do. And it's, it's going back to what Greg said. Like, you can't, like, you have to be in the air for that. Like you right. can't just like do it. So like you're seeing these, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we one got of the re- these two beings. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the reasons I, I. It's one of the reasons I put this over Superman Returns because he didn't punch anything in that entire movie. He lifted heavy things. And he stopped the bullet. But he never actually punched anything in the entirety no, of Superman Returns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Maybe it was this restraint. I don't know what was was Brian Singer did that film. So I don't know what was going through his mind. I think he just wanted to 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 just have a Christopher Reeves film again and I don't know what the whole point was but maybe there was a point to, for him not to punch anything maybe that maybe was a thing anti, maybe he's anti-punch was there ever a punch thrown in, in an X-Men movie <laughs> uh, which he did all of them except Days of Futures Past right no, he, he did that one he did Days of Futures Past and he did X, X, X-Men and X, X2 he didn't do First Class he didn't do X3 and he didn't do oh, wait he also he also did Apocalypse that was also him. Mm-hmm. Does Wolverine stabbing somebody in the chest with his claws count as a punch? I think so. <laughs> yeah, that probably counts. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, Quicksilver. He made a, a, a security guard punch himself. Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's just the loophole there. Yeah, there you go. That works. Um, so, like, and then looking at this, the action in this minute, how does that kind of reflect what you read in comic books because i don't read a lot oh of i can definitely see this like panel for panel like you can take this exact scene but this minute and you just can, put it like into it. i can see the the like i can visually watching this minute i can see like what would be a panel but i'm saying like when you read superman you read like and then you look through the panels that are just action pieces yeah like how does does it kind of look like this? Does it look similar? Does it seem too restrained in the comic books? Is, no, no, no. Is this it, is the most fluid, like, in my opinion. Do you think it's accurate? So I guess very, what I'm asking. Probably the most out of the entire movie. Yeah, I would really? agree with that. Yeah, it, yeah it's by, by far. Like, you could see you could see different facets of this fight being broken down in multi-panels on the same page. Yeah. There probably would have been... The only difference is that there would be more talking, or at least, like, thinking. Like, you'd know more about what they're... What the they're both their, what their deals are during the fight if it was in a yeah, comic, it's true. I do I do like it when comics don't have any thoughts or or, uh, or speech really? bubbles, right? Yeah, especially if it's all just action. Like, what is it? I think in in American Alien, there's like a whole like I don't think it's a whole issue, but it's like close to an entire issue of just like no 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 talking no like soliloquy thought yeah. bubbles or no anything. there's another one um uh, east of west has an issue that came out i don't remember which issue number it was maybe 17 or something like that that was all just no dialogue no thought bubbles no nothing and it back was when just I was, like action back when i was collecting a little bit hardcore when i was a kid um there was a uh, it's one of my favorite issues ever of anything was an issue of gi joe 
where it was Snake Eyes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That? Sna- Snake I have Eyes. that. Yeah, Snake Eyes going into, like, a Cobra facility, and it has mm-hmm. him fighting Storm Shadow and stuff. But, like, it, there's no there's no dialogue whatsoever. It was the first time I had ever seen anything like that as a comic fan, and I was like, well, yeah. this is incredible. <laughs> that was, I still, I should, I have the, I have the picture. You should have it. I, 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 I'm excited now. It's like, oh, oh, I know that book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's a um, great book, yeah. Right? Um, uh, hang on, like, I think... What? What did I write down? Oh, going on what you said, like how it relates to, to comics, I wrote down that um, when Zod grabs Cal's cape and is like swinging him around, <laughs> that's like straight out of, like you can... Straight out of a Mario game is what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Straight out of Super Mario 64. It's yeah, a Bowser exactly. swing. That is true. Yeah, you had to grab him by the tail and throw him, didn't you? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I wrote down. Is but yeah, that's General like, Zod performs Bowser Sway. Yeah, that's what I wrote. No, I'm in range with this. I is absolutely most. love that moment because you just you know Zod loathes the cape. You know he sees the cape and he's just like typical stupid inferior boy has cape and just wants to just abuse him with the cape for that very reason. It's the title of our episode. Stupid. Stupid boy has cape or something. <laughs> Stupid inferior boy has cape. Um, like, it's maybe he's jealous. Maybe he's like, I want that cape. It's like a Black Friday sale. It's like he's trying to rip it off him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was a there was something interesting in that in that Bowser swing that um, I don't know what else to call it that you pointed out before we started recording. And there's like, I, I guess the camera that they have set up for this shot. And I'm assuming it's two CGI characters. There's no way these two actors are doing this. And it kind of, like, zooms in to the point where it gets, like, a close-up of General Zod's eye. I, I'm assuming it's his eye and not Kal-El's eye. But it's just, like, a really, like, superimposed, like, that's it. It's just a picture of his eye. And I don't... I've missed this. You really yeah, missed and it's, it? Yeah. It's, it's red. It's, like, it's his eye is, like, glowing red, which obviously means that someone farted on his pillow. And now he has, oh, now he's he has some inflammation, I... yeah, unfortunately. Oh, there it goes right there. Oh, yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. Go back. That's really like cool. like a ghost hunting. I like that a lot. There it is. And there's actually an S in the, in oh, the iris. Oh, yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. So, yeah. like, all... Oh, dude. Okay, so here's a theory. Dawn of Justice, when he's creating Doomsday, it also goes back to, like, books and stuff like that. They kind of pump in just that uh, House of El Sybil where it's like you're Subliminal trained to messages. hate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some Clockwork Orange kind of deal. And like Doomsday sees the S in Dawn of Justice when Superman's there and he goes to throw the punch. Well, he goes to throw the punch at Lex and then Superman stops the, the hand. But then he's looking at the S crest on his chest and he just rages out. The so. S crest on his chest. Boom. There we go. I'm calling it, man. Message Snyder on Twitter and be like, yo, you on remember Twitter. When you, we, <laughs> You remember when you put that Yo. Sybil in the eye? I figured it out. I figured Mess- it out, man. Message Snyder on Twitter and be like, listen, in the next movie when you have to retcon a bunch of other stuff, here's what you could do with the yeah. Doomsday part. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, like, and I guess with, uh, you guys were saying, like, with comic books and, like, they have, like, the kind of thought bubbles and I, I didn't, I guess Nate's, against them having the you well, like the I'm absence not against them but i think it also it it works very well when there's absence of thought bubbles or uh inner monologues or anything like that especially during action sequences yeah but i was but thinking, then again i mean i like splash pages like you know manipul and, and, and all 
that stuff. So, I guess like him doing the over the shoulder punching, like that would kind of be bigger panels. Like if it was a rule of thirds, it would take up a whole third, mm-hmm. just so you can get that nice, beautiful. Dude, kind you can of make it any, any way you want it when but you're I an was, artist, man. What I was trying to say is like, like <laughs> I think what there's like a part where General Zod's like. I'm going to get out of here. He like pulls a general grievous and he like dips into the city. Oh yeah. And then Kalo chases after him. Mm-hmm. And then there's a moment where Kalo kind of like, not he's only like looking around, he's like weaving through the city, but then he like stops and he pauses. It looks around. Yeah. And then general Zod comes through the building. I, and it's, I guess that is where a thought bubble would come in handy. To just kind of be like, yeah. Hey, what are you thinking right now? Cause he's a rookie, you know? So it's like, what, what's going through your mind right now? Are you thinking about what you're doing? Or you I just... thought he was using some sort of x-ray vision to, to, to follow him through the buildings. And then like he turned a sharp corner and then lost him. It was like, Oh crap. I don't know where that is. So, but yeah. then again, I don't know if he's using a vision or not because there is no, no thought, thought bubble, bubble or inner there you go. or anything. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, I think that those are the moments where like you kind of wish you had that, yeah. but you can't do that in a film. It seems weird. You can't have um, like ADR. You can't have like voiceovers. Like it just seems, I don't know. Does it seem outdated to have something like that? It's all situational. I mean, look at Sin City. I mean, there's inner monologues all out throughout that movie, and it works really well. Um, uh, Watchmen is another inner monologue from Rorschach. So. Hmm. It just depends on the tone. It depends on the movie. But, you know, Snyder did Watchmen, and he made it work really well in that movie. Interesting. Interesting? I was kind of answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks for listening, pal. I was the, listening. Uh, the one, one other thing I want to say about this minute is that, and I, I will praise this probably throughout the week, I love, I love the music in this film so damn much. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite thing about the movie and Hans Zimmer's got the drums kicking up to till 11 throughout this entire fight. Absolutely. Yeah, I think what did our last guest so they like even had like so, like seven drum sets or something just for Oh yeah. just for the production or the uh, Oh yeah. the, the music the making sampling. Of this, the making of the soundtrack's amazing. Like he invited like incredible like, like Pharrell Williams and Sheila E yeah, and, and a bunch see. of other drummers and they all just sat around in a giant drum circle. <laughs> and made the music and again the, the the score look a superman movie has a lot to live up to right and one of the hardest parts of it is that it also has to live up to the john williams score and and the, and the theme and mm-hmm. i thought the direction they went which was the, the drums the more militaristic thing and and uh, the way they went uh was the only way they could go to differentiate it and I thought it's just great it's just great the first flight music and everything that happens in this fight it's just great I agree I, I don't think could not any, agree more. yeah I don't think any of us I don't think even people who didn't like this film or do they not like the music <laughs> no man I feel like you can't I feel like out of, out of anything I think anyone could always appreciate so you're saying there's an argument full of people and they're like, no, I hate Man of Steel. And then one guy's like, hey, man, what about the music? And he's like, oh, well, I guess you're right. I, yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I, I mean, Dark Knight, the, you know, the whole trilogy, Interstellar, uh, Inception, just all those. I mean, like, like, when has that guy ever let you down? Zimmer? Yeah. Or are you just trying to tell people, like, hey, don't knock Zimmer? I think when people have a problem with this Man of Steel film, it's usually, like, 
like maybe like fundamental things like oh why did Jonathan Kent say that or like why did Superman do this yeah which he's he's gonna do something in on Wednesday which that we gotta talk about it's always (laughs) hey why did his dad commit suicide in a tornado or why did Superman let all his people die it's never too many drums (laughs) (laughs) exactly I think that's the point I'm trying to make all right so reached there we go uh (laughs) but that's all I had for this minute what about you guys no I'm good Greg I love this fight um, and, uh, and and we'll talk about this another time, but I, I don't I don't mind the body count. And it's not because I'm like morbid. I just there's reasons for it. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll get there. We're tuned. You're tuned. I'm tuned. Uh, he's tuned. Uh, he's fully tuned. Um, okay, alrighty. I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. Uh, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. You can also find us on TwoOldMedia.com. And you can also, uh, we have a listener society group on Facebook, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can find us there as well. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute. 